0: Having a great relationship is a journey and just like getting a new job or learning how to drive a car or for some people flying an airplane, it requires being present. It requires taking the time to learn how to fly, how to drive. It also requires learning how to be present because honestly, so much of the time, it's hard for us to be present because there's so many distractions, but we want to learn how to be present for us to ourselves first, because as we do that, we can then learn to be present for the relationship. Hello, welcome back to Soul Speak. I'm Meg Michelson. Thank you for joining me. In today's podcast, I wanna talk a little more about what makes a great romantic relationship. Everybody wants that even if they say they don't. We all want that. And it can be with your current partner, if you're if you're single, your future partner. And sometimes we can be so often buried in our own old stories that we can't even see what our part is. Or we forget that we want something. However, we're not being that ourselves. And my belief is the universe is this beautiful system of energy. And whatever energy we're sending out is what we get back. So If we're not in a healthy place, we're not going to have a healthy relationship. And we're definitely not going to draw in a healthy partner. So with today's podcast, try not to beat yourself up if you're not here or if you're not where you want to be. Just look at it as, remember, this is the school of learning. Earth is this great place to come in and practice and try and try again and do it with as much joy and laughter as we can because there's a lot of heart out there. We don't need to be so hard on ourselves. We do, however, want to be honest with ourselves, because the more we are honest with ourselves, the easier it is to navigate relationships. We can be so buried in our old stories. And the more we do our self-work, the easier it is to clear through that clutter pretty quickly. Having a great relationship is a journey. And just like getting a new job or learning how to drive a car or for some people flying an airplane, it requires being present. It requires taking the time to learn how to fly, how to drive. It also requires learning how to be present because honestly, so much of the time it's hard for us to be present because there's so many distractions. But we want to learn how to be present to ourselves first because as we do that, we can then learn to be present for the relationship. Years ago, I read somewhere. I don't remember where, and I really wish I could remember, but it's the five foundational aspects of a great romantic relationship. I think it said marriage, but it doesn't matter um, what that title is, but five foundational aspects of a great romantic relationship. This is a topic we could probably talk about every day, all day long. There's so many podcasts and books and speakers around relationships, of course, because it is so important. In the center, imagine a table in the center of that table. It says attraction and then those four legs that support that attraction, respect, trust, values and interest. Mutual respect, mutual trust, mutual values, mutual interest. And then again, remember in the center is attraction. So let's start with mutual respect. Being respectful involves a lot. Certainly at the core, you're recognizing and understanding that there are going to be differences. That differences are important and it's important when we're being respectful to our partner and to ourselves. Cause remember this is mutual want to Just sideways. This mutual respect means, I'm being respectful to my partner. My partner is being respectful to me. I'm being respectful to myself. And my partner is being respectful to themselves, their selves. So be willing to see the gray areas, even when you don't agree. When we have a difference of opinion, and honestly, every relationship will have difference of opinion, and that makes the sparks fly. So that's not so bad. Try to understand the why in that. Instead of just blowing it off or instead of just saying they're wrong, let's try to understand why. What's underneath that? Because you're showing interest, because you're getting to know your partner in a more beautiful way. Same with ourselves. Getting to know why we believe what we believe. That shows respect for our partner and for ourselves. We bring in people that have different views. So we can see life with a greater lens. We can see it with more bounty. We can see more opportunities, much more ways. We can try new experiences, wear new hats. We see the world through a different lens. And that's why the universe, our energetic field, bring in people that have different views to help us learn. Even if we were raised in rigidity, even if we were raised to see the world in black and white, doesn't mean we have to stay there. We can all learn to respect each other. We can all learn to have respect for others and our differences. And that is a key to healing a long-term romantic relationship, to really helping it go the long haul, appreciating that you have differences. And of course, a big part of being respectful, mutual respect, is being a grown-up. We have to be a grown-up to be in a relationship as an adult with another adult partner. We want to be what we expect from them. I learned somewhere that first and foremost, we really need to look in the mirror. Am I acting like a mature, responsible adult in this communication experience that I'm having? Very hard to be in a healthy relationship, if I'm not a grown up. So what does being a grown up mean? It means understanding that mistakes will be part of life always and dealing with mistakes and miscommunication, because that's also a very big part of life. It's common, but we can deal with it in a respectful, healthy way, not in a reactive way. Remember, we talked about reaction versus responding. We want to step back and respond from a place of maturity, not be overly reactional, like a wounded child. We don't want to react from that lens because now we're not being an adult. And sometimes it's easier to feel that way. Like we want to just react from the instant, from the wounded child lens. It's truly not a healthy way or even a possible way to build respect in a relationship. Being emotionally mature, knowing where we are needing growth and working on it, building a relationship with ourselves. The relationship we have with ourselves is key to success for all the relationships we build with others. Because when we're happy and fulfilled, when we feel like we have a strong sense of balanced independence, we feel more in love with ourselves. We feel more attractive to ourselves. And then we can draw in people that are also going to be feeling good about themselves and independent within themselves. That's how we build more respect in a relationship by respecting ourselves. So regarding each other equally, despite our differences, some couples are on two different sides of the political spectrum. They can still be respectful, they can still try to understand why that person's views are their views. And that's where we can really still be successful, even when there is a division in how we see things. As long as we're respectful, as long as we treat each other as equals, even if we have different opinions on something. And then, of course, work to understand that person's perspective. So that means listening with two ears. Understanding differences. And you can even take that a step further and go on to wonder. I wonder about those differences. Where'd that come from? Why is that? Not in a slamming judgmental way, but in a curious way. Huh, wonder. I wonder why. And then when we're in wonder, remember, our ears open because we're truly curious. We truly want to know. Another way to show respect is respecting personal space and personal property. I was out with some people and the one of the women asked the man, or I actually didn't even ask the man, she just said, give me your wallet. And she went in his wallet and took something out, money or something. And that took me aback, because I felt that was pretty disrespectful. My belief system, maybe they're okay with that. So as long as it's shared respect, right? But I wouldn't go in my partner's wallet. I wouldn't do that because that's their property. That's not mine. So respect personal space and personal property. And be willing to admit mistakes and then evolve from them. We are not going to be right. We're mostly not right. Most We're not. And so it's to understand that there's this big beautiful world out there with all these different views. How do we know we're right? And we're going to make mistakes. Be willing to admit when we were wrong. Be willing to admit when we misjudged or when we miscommunicated, when we assumed, Apologizing from our heart is a really lovely and strong form of respect. Because when we are in a mutually respectful relationship, we feel safer. We feel valued and we are developing trust in each other. And then we can allow each other more freedom because we are building this strong foundation of respect. You know, freedom is important and we talk about freedom a lot. Allowing freedom in a relationship, in my belief system, means they don't have to be just like me. They don't have to think just like me. They don't have to have have all the hobbies I have. They get to have their own stuff. One person might be a big risk taker while the other person likes to play it safe. One person might like extreme sports and the other person likes to read a book. That's okay, as long as you respect the needs that each of you has. So if that one person loves extreme sports and the other person prefers reading a book, if they give each other that freedom to do those things and then still have that couple time at other times, they're not spending all days together, they're respecting each other's needs and they're allowing them that freedom because they're building a relationship on respect and trust. Number two, mutual trust. You know, building trust especially if you were not raised in a trusting environment or if you had a bad relationship or someone was not faithful to you. That takes time. It really requires total honesty. And last week we talked about being present, mutual trust, developing that inner trust to trust yourself so you know when someone's telling the truth. That takes patience and presence. And it takes really valuing that person that's in front of you. So total commitment and total honesty. That means you take the time to work through the hard stuff within yourself as you're meandering through a relationship and then within your partnership, of course. But first, we've got to be excavating internally in a kind way. Honesty is huge. It's harder when we're in child mode and we're afraid we're going to get in trouble. That's child, but a mature adult tells the truth, even when they slipped up. And hopefully there's been enough trust built that that partner can understand a mistake was made and then they can work through it respectfully, number one. And this requires love and attraction. We're gonna talk about that more later, attraction, because remember that's the center of that table. So total commitment to reality, to honesty, supports the integrity of that relationship. That's a foundational commitment. You must be open and willing to share. We need to be listening, be in compassion so we can understand. That's how we build trust. But when we're in reaction mode, we're not building trust because then someone doesn't feel safe to tell us the truth. They don't know how we're going to react. So that trust isn't just I don't trust you show me that i can trust you no trust is mutual trust is this beautiful web i lay out my truth and they lay out their truth and if someone has fallen off the truth meter as long as two people want to get back in the game and they are willing to be honest you can rebuild that but you must be open and willing to share listen and understand a happy relationship really requires the intention to learn to listen and to continue to grow together so that trust peace means we've created a sacred container for each other there's emotional safety we want to be careful that we just start assuming that we know what the other person is going to say when we assume we're not listening so we want to hold back we want to open both ears and breathe and then hear each other, create that beautiful trusting environment, where we're listening, we're allowing people to grow and change. Because we don't stay the same, we evolve. And the trust can grow more and more when we allow each other to be honest. But we have to create a safe container so they can trust us to be honest. If they're honest, and we're starting screaming at them, it's hard to be honest, then then we revert back to wounded child. So when our mind starts going back to "Uh uh-huh or yeah right, just stop a minute, just pause and open our heart right there to the present. Believe in possibility. Believe that I will know the truth. We are building a trust foundation. Healthy relationships depend on both parties feeling safe with each other. Trusting that we are there for each other. For emotional safety to exist, we need to feel that our partner truly hears us and they need to feel that we hear them. We need to feel that they see us and they need to feel that we see them. And we need to accept each other as we are and that we want the best for each other. We want to be that for each other, that we are our best and our most vital cheerleaders. So a few ways to build trust, listening, of course, supporting each other, showing consideration, being in beautiful care for each other, both physically, emotionally, with our words and our actions. Trusting that we know what's best for ourself and our partner knows what's best for themselves. We don't have to tell them what to do. We're forming a bond and we trust that they know themselves very well. So that means we're showing mutual respect for boundaries. We're allowing that freedom. And we're being dependable for the other person. They can count on us. And I can count on them. So we are there for each other. Another way trust is built, no matter what comes up, we have each other's backs. That means We're not working against each other. We're feeling safe enough that when stuff is going wrong, we can move towards each other, not attack each other, which means resolving conflict in healthy ways. So our words and our actions are matching. We're not saying one thing and doing another, but we're holding ourselves accountable. They count on us, we count on them. And we are not controlling each other. We're not monitoring each other. We're not searching through their stuff, trying to find where they are lying or wrong. If we feel that way, then it's really time to do some self-work again. Or maybe that's truly the wrong partner. But trust is to be built mutually and trust with self. Remember, when you're in a couplehood, there is this beauty. There is you and then there's the other person. And the couplehood is its own entity. It is the cup between the two of you. And that's a team mentality. We feed the cup. So we love that person for who they are. And we put our love in that cup. We put our attention in that cup. It's not about what we can get back from that person. It's not all about self. But a healthy relationship is a couplehood. And that's back to the statement from the beginning. We need to be a grown-up before we can be a great partner. So we really got to do that self-work. Another way to build trust is to really address any hardships, any conflict with love in the center. You know, we can create a huge chasm between me and my partner when I feel like I'm hearing them. But I haven't heard a word they said because my mind just filled in all the blanks. And now they stop talking or vice versa, I stop talking. We want to make sure when we're creating love in a conflict, at the center is that cup, we're working for that couplehood, not giving up our own honor, but the trust is built when they know they can count on us because the marriage, the partnership, the couplehood is a priority. It's not in the back burner, it's a priority. We have that commitment to each other. And this is what is part of creating that beautiful, safe container of trust. And in that, as we're listening, we want to look for common threads. We want to be open to, I'm seeing commonalities and there's always going to be differences. But it's easy when we're angry to go to the differences, to go to the differences. See, see, see. And all we're doing is creating a greater chasm working against what we want. And then we become blind and we start blaming. So remember, it goes back to, am I building a foundation of trust? Is there a sacred container here? Is there honesty here? Am I providing an environment for honesty so this person can trust me and I can trust them? So listening is key with that. And when we listen and we hear that there's differences, You know, it's okay. Differences actually can enhance the sparks as long as we're respectful. It's not about being right. We don't need to be right. We can understand that we just might have a different opinion. So number three, shared values. So what are your values and what are your partner's values? We don't have to have every value match but they have to have some of our core values need to be similar or we're always going to be at odds wanting the other person to change. And that's such a waste of energy. Might not be the best partner for long term. If you're spending so much time trying to change the partner to match your value system, there always should be some commonalities. So maybe one person really loves exercise and they run and the other person doesn't love exercise so much. If they're okay with that, If their value isn't matching there, it's okay, as long as there's honesty, as long as there's honesty. But if one person really feels like exercise and taking care of our physical health is an important value, and they want their partner to do it, then that's something to work on. So if one person likes to spend a lot of money and not save, and the other person is more frugal, maybe they've balanced that out. Maybe they have. That is possible to balance that out as long as there is mutual trust, mutual respect, and they've come to some sort of an agreement. So it doesn't mean if I value saving and they value spending, it has to be the end of the world. It's creating that honest, trust, respect platform. Otherwise, resentment grows. And it's really easy then for one person to start exiting the relationship, even if it's just in their mind. So what are some of the values? So there's so many. I'm not going to list all of them. Loyalty is a value. Together time. Family time. Financial. Financial health. Religion or spirituality. Communication. Lifestyle. Self-discipline. Honesty. Self-improvement. Empathy. Accountability. Being authentic. Being an achiever. There's um, a Couple I know, and he's a high achiever, and she's not. And it was okay at first. Now it's not. And he is really upset with her for just being so lax, for being so lackadaisical in life. And that was something they knew at the beginning. However, at the beginning, maybe he wasn't fully honest about how important that was. So if we're in the middle of a relationship and we're realizing some of our values don't match, Talk about it. Build that trust again. What is important? Adventure. Authority. Autonomy. Balance. Beauty. You know, some people love conversation and some don't. Some people love togetherness and some don't. Some people love spending time helping the community and some don't. So what are your values? Know them. And some of the values that are key to you, you'll do much better when your partner also has those shared values. Or at least you respect the values and you're not fighting about our values. Faith is a big one. Friendships, that can be a big one. Fun. Do both, couple, do both people in that couplehood want fun? Another one that is so important is, is humor. Some people really love humor and some are really serious. That's okay. As a matter of fact, I was talking to to someone in a couplehood today, and that's okay if one person doesn't enjoy the humor as much as the other, as long as their other values are strong enough to outweigh what's going on with just the humor, because that's just one value, remember. If you're in a couplehood, and you're out for dinner, and one of the people in the couplehood really appreciates being kind to the server, and the other person is just gruff, Kindness is a big deal. So how do you how do you match that? How do you go into can we learn to be kind or is that going to be a killer in our relationship? Kindness is, is huge. Hopefully, if you're choosing a partner, or if you have a partner, you can both work on kindness. So I could go on and on. There's so many but look up values and see are my values matching my partner's? Or are we fighting about our value system over and over again? Maybe you have enough values that match and maybe you don't, but you'll know that with time and conversation. Mutual interest and enjoyment. This is number four. If we Mutual interest and enjoyment, that's a big category, but that's really fun. You know, how do, we, how do we have mutual interest in a couple? There are couples that do really well together when they have some time together and then, of course, some time apart, that freedom. But dates, dates are so essential in a relationship. A date can be in the house or out of the house. A date can be playing tag or taking a walk, big bubble bath together, or getting out of the house, trying something new, enjoying that time together, mutual interest. And that could mean, you know, for some people, it might mean laser tag. For some people, it's morel mushroom hunting. And fun is the category. You know, people have fun, but fun in different ways. Some people have fun with gregarious laughter and comedy clubs. And some people have fun just playing with their dog or taking a walk or looking at the stars. So as long as you have some mutual interests, you're going to go a long way. One of my friends, she and her husband have done stained glass classes together. And that started when they were dating. And once in a while, they still do them. And they have other things that each of them do do separate but find mutual interests it's so important to have some things not all things and if your partner has more hobbies than you do take the risk find ways to be interested in one of their hobbies you might discover that you love it you don't know if you don't try so it's important it's important to take an interest in what their hobbies are because you might like them it's important for them to take an interest just to see are there any that these are are there any that are crossing over that's that mutual interest you might find that or you each have your own thing which is important and then you have some things that are just for the two of you you might try new adventures you might go to dinner and a movie take a class together cook together go on a day trip somewhere relationship with your significant other is a beautiful way to explore, take each other out to explore differences in the world, differences on trips, differences in your neighborhood. And part of that interest, mutual interest, is again exploring what the other person likes and making eye contact, giving each other touch time, That really shows that we're present, giving each other undivided attention. That shows an interest with each other, being together. It can be whatever you want it to be, as long as you're actually present with each other. I oftentimes, and I'm out for dinner out somewhere, well, we probably all, how many times are you out and you see people on their phones and they're on a date? whether they've been married 20 years or 50 years or dating. We should be together looking at each other's eyes, talking, asking questions of each other, being in wonder with each other. It's so important. We don't really know the other person 100% unless we're allowing ourselves to share, explore, talk, be interested in what they have. That really helps a couple grow stronger. You have mutual interests. And you're also interested in what they're doing. It might seem like a small change, eye contact, listening, but huge results. It's a huge impact on your partnership. Really important to give your partner and ask them to give you focus, attention, time, eye contact. Tell each other what you mean to each other. You know, if we've been together a long time, sometimes we start to think we're reading each other's heart and we're reading each other's thoughts. But that's not true. Words are still necessary. Get to know their love language. It's really a beautiful gift when we are sharing from our heart. And the other person is acting interested. So take an interest in each other. Consciously choose to show appreciation for each other. Finding things to appreciate in each other. That really will enhance that love. In my belief system, we have about 25% of our overall days, months, team togetherness, about 25%. The rest of that day is with our career, our hobbies, our friendships, other family. And so we want that 25% we're giving each other to count. So you're present for each other. Touch, eye contact, show interest in each other. And then, of course, support their independence and ask them to support yours, support each other's. Being an individual with my own needs and interests, being an individual with your own needs and interests, spending time alone or with your friends doing things, that are not in the relationship. That's part of the trust that you've built. And then you also are interested and showing interest in them and in the couplehood. So supporting each other's goals, supporting each other's hobbies. And number five, attraction. First of all, choose wisely. Get to know each other. And if you've been married 20 years and you're distant, get to know each other stop, start over. Why were you attracted to them in the first place? Attraction is really important. It's a key ingredient in a long term romantic partnership, but not the only key ingredient, remember, but it has to be enough to sustain. So we are interested in each other and I don't just mean physical attraction. Yes, physical attraction is a big component, but there's a chemistry too. What was that that drew you to that person? Go back and remember that. Write it down a thousand times if you need to. Because sometimes when you're mad or you're tired or you're bored or you guys are in a slump, you're not going to remember. But it is enough if you get back to it. And you create then the other pieces, the trust, the interest, the respect, the values. So often when couples start out, they have differences in some key areas. And that's okay as long as the part that attracted you to that person doesn't now cause you to be irritated by them no I've said this before when couples are opposite and a lot of opposites attract because we're attracted to that person that is different enough from us because we want to become more like that but if we're not going down that road to try to become more like that it becomes a source of irritation so go back and remember Oh yeah why was i attracted what was that and keep that at the forefront maybe it's that person was the life of the party and you are more quiet and inward and you want to be more outgoing so you're attracted to that person that means get up and start to talk to people do what you need to do to become more comfortable talking with people at a party otherwise the resentment starts to grow and in the couplehood When one of you is more of the quiet, and the other one is more of the life of the party, check in with each other. If the one person, if your partner who you value is a little quieter, and they're loving that you're out there talking, come back and hold their hand a bit. Look in their eyes. Remind them how much you love them. It's so important to have that intimate connection throughout our days. So otherwise, when we're still emotionally immature, we're seeking from somebody and we're not aware that our partner has needs too. We're just wanting from them, but we're not giving back. We're attracted to that person because they were giving to us or they made us feel safe, but we're not creating safety for that person. So going back into that connection over and over and over again, what attracted me to that person? Yes, physical, beyond the physical, what was that connection? Oh yeah, and now I'm going to go back and love that again because there's something in me that really needed that. Our inner knowing is always going to reveal that to us and what happens when we're not mindfully choosing our partner is that the couplehood starts to fall apart because we're no longer meeting in the middle. So if you're going to choose an opposite, Remind yourself, I'm choosing that opposite on a soul level because I'm supposed to grow in that way. And if you still choose to be very different, totally okay again, as long as you're giving each other the freedom that's going with the respect and the trust. And that attraction is way more powerful when you tell each other why you're attracted to each other. Talk about it. Touch. Tell each other what you mean to each other. And of course, have sex. You're a partnership. Lust after each other. Have great, fun, messy sex. Devour each other. doesn't matter how old you are. If you were attracted once, you can always get it back. Be silly. That great sex that a lot of people do want or they just run away from, but they run away from it because... They're feeling tired or not respected or they don't trust because that comes with vulnerability and the vulnerability comes from both people feeling safe with each other and of course there are some couples that decide neither one of them wants to have sex anymore that's okay their attraction is different they don't have the sexual attraction anymore as long as they're honest with each other and they're staying committed it won't hurt the relationship if it's both people but really work on that attraction and keeping that attraction alive. And part of that is mutual interest going on dates, exploring each other's hobbies, listening to each other, being emotionally available for each other. So important. Get to know each other get to know each other's thoughts. Explore what you don't know. Have those conversations instead of saying forget it. Ask Wonder. Go into wonder. Be inquisitive, like it's your first date again. Those are the keys to a really strong, healthy understanding of each other, of the relationship. Watch how it grows and blossoms. So again, a tabletop. Each leg. Mutual respect is one leg. Mutual trust is another. Mutual values is another. Mutual interests is another and at the center is attraction. Pay attention to all five. And thank you for joining me. Have a beautiful week. We are in the holiday season right now, so it's hustle and bustle, but it's fun. Have fun this week. Do something good for yourself. I look forward to connecting with you again next Wednesday. Hey listeners, thanks again for joining me. If you wanna learn more about me, services I offer, who I am. Please check out my website, megmichelson.com. Also there you can join my newsletter. I do the best job I can to send it out monthly, no guarantees. Follow me on Instagram and YouTube. Thanks again for coming. I'll see you next time.